This faith and finance podcast is underwritten in part by Praxis Mutual Funds. They are a leading faith-based family of mutual funds helping people integrate their finances with their values since 1994. With Praxis, your investments can make a difference for you and the world around you. Learn more at PraxisMutualFunds.com. Christians are supposed to be different from the world, and one place that difference should be easy to spot is stewardship. Hi, I'm Rob West. In a culture that glorifies materialism, true stewardship should stand out. Practicing it fully requires a working knowledge of the principles behind stewardship. We'll talk about that first today, and then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial journey. So the first principle we must understand about stewardship is ownership. God owns everything. He created everything, so that just stands to reason. And Scripture is very clear about this. Psalm 24, 1 and 2 reads, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. And in Deuteronomy 10, 14, Behold, to the Lord your God belong heaven and the heaven of heavens, the earth with all that's in it. And finally, Psalm 50, verse 10, For every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. Well, now that we've established God's ownership, let's look at this from another angle. If God owns everything, that means we own nothing. That's a difficult concept to grasp because we possess a lot of stuff, a house, a car, a bank account. We hold those things but we don't own them. God does. We own nothing from the change in our pocket to the clothes on our back. God owns it all. And we're to use those resources wisely and in obedience to the Lord. You see, if we become arrogant about who's done what, it's good to remember that even the skills and abilities we have to acquire wealth belong to God. They're only on loan, if you will, and we're to use them to glorify Him first and foremost, not to enrich ourselves. Deuteronomy eight seventeen and 18 makes this clear. It reads, Beware lest you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the power to get wealth, that He may confirm His covenant that He swore to your fathers as it is this day. So, God owns everything. We own nothing. That's the first principle of stewardship. The second principle is responsibility. You see, as stewards, we have no rights over what we temporarily possess by the Lord's provision, but we do have responsibility to use those resources wisely for His purposes. There's nothing wrong with enjoying God's provision, but we must seek the balance between that and using His resources for His purposes. This is defined in 1 Timothy 6, 17, which says, As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. 
One day, each of us will stand before the Lord to give an account of how we used his resources, just like the servants in the parable of the talents. The difference is, we'll be accountable for everything, not just money, but our time and abilities too. Those are all resources God has given us, so we must use them wisely. How do we know where to draw the line? How to enjoy God's provision without clinging to it and claiming it for our own? Well, I think that's something each of us must determine in quiet prayer with the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 26 reads, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Trust him to tell you if you're enjoying or squandering what the Lord has given you. Now, the third principle of stewardship is reward. I think we have reason enough to be good stewards because of what God's already given us, the priceless gift of his son for our salvation. But he promises even more blessings when we're faithful stewards. Colossians 3 reads, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. And of course, Jesus himself tells us in Matthew 25, the parable of the talents, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. How we manage God's provision will determine whether we hear those words someday. We all want to be declared good and faithful stewards. All right, your calls are next, 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial journey. Stay tuned. We're just getting started. Much more to come just around the corner. I'm Rob West, and we'll be right back. When we follow Jesus, the things of this world grow strangely dim. We focus less on ourselves and more on God's kingdom. In Michael Blue's book, Free to Follow, we're reminded to surrender everything to Jesus and follow Him. Free to Follow explores what the Bible says about money and possessions and challenges you to rethink the way you view and use them. Request a copy of Free to Follow with your gift of any amount to faithfi.com follow. Absolutely free. We know you've learned to be suspicious of those words, but really, you can get biblical financial wisdom delivered to your inbox each week absolutely free. Articles, videos, podcasts, and special offers on biblical resources. Nearly 60,000 people receive our free weekly wisdom email, and you can too. Create your free FaithFi account by going to faithfi.com and click sign up to begin receiving weekly wisdom in your inbox. Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. We're taking your calls and questions now on anything financial. We'd love to hear from you. 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. Give us a call. Uh, Let's begin today in Washington State. Hi, Renee. Thanks for calling. Go ahead. Yes, I'm just calling about uh, my daughter and her husband. They're recently married, I guess, a couple years now, but they both have ruined their credit by misusing credit cards. And uh, her husband actually had a school loan that he didn't finish paying off. And and then they've had medical bills. And But the credit cards, I think, are the biggest thing that 
now it's ruined their rental ability to have good credit to get a rental as well as purchase a home. What what would you recommend for them? Yeah, well, I certainly understand that. And, and these can be tough lessons to learn, although as long as they learn from them, that's the key, Renee, because as they're just getting started out, if these first few missteps can be a building opportunity for them to cultivate the right disciplines uh, so they never get into this situation again, that will be really helpful, even if it means it's going to delay uh, a purchase like a new home. I mean, perhaps they're going to have to rent longer than they would like to. Uh, and I realize they'd love to own their own home, but especially in light of where interest rates are at right now, them taking some time to really work on getting those credit cards paid off and getting an emergency fund in place and then saving for that down payment is going to not only shore them up financially and help to improve her credit, but also put her in a position where hopefully they can take advantage of lower interest rates, which we would expect next year as rates start back down. Um, So where would they go from here? Well, the first step is always to Uh, develop a spending plan. They really need to have a good handle on what is coming in and what is going out. And that's not only those things they get a bill for, but they also need to have a a budget, a spending plan that includes those discretionary expenses so that they can really go to work on limiting their lifestyle, cutting out unnecessary spending to free up margin, which is really the key to accomplishing their goals. So with every bit of margin, that is anything left over, after the bills are paid, um, I would put that first toward an emergency fund of at least $1,500, just so they have a, a cushion there. So when the unexpected comes, and it will, they have something to fall back on. Then they want to keep all the bills paid, including the minimum payments on the credit cards. Um, but at that point, they'll want to attack those cards with that available margin to get that paid off a little quicker. And them being an on-time payer every month with those balances coming down, especially when those balances get below 30% of the available credit, which is the credit utilization score, the combination of the on-time payments um, plus the um, the uh, uh, credit utilization coming down is going to improve her credit. Uh, what is the primary issue with the credit? Is it late payments or was it just the amount that they owe? Uh, well, I think they sound like there was a little of both. Okay. But, All right. Yeah. yeah so the, but the so credit, they need to you know, get... I think what they did, I, and to be honest, I actually did this it myself. You know, you get, you can get credit cards that are interest-free for sure. what, 12 months, 18 months. Yeah. And right. so you just roll everything over to that yeah. credit card. Well, you keep rolling over, rolling over year after year. Pretty soon, the credit card companies won't accept you. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I did that. And so I, but I, thankfully, you know, I'm, I've gotten myself out of that and paid everything off. Yes. But, um, you know, I took a little loan out and paid it that way. But, um, what if they were to consolidate their credit cards? Is there, you know, these consolidation companies that help yeah. you to get your interest rates down and, um, yeah, I wouldn't you know. recommend that for the reason that you mentioned is a lot of what I see most often is folks will get a consolidation loan, pay off the debt. It takes the pressure off. Even if the interest rate comes down, a lot of times the payback period is longer. So you end up paying just as much or more in interest. The bigger issue, though, is 
you don't have to do the hard work to get out of debt. So you don't cultivate the right disciplines. And because those cards are still open, I get a call six months later that say, guess what, Rob, the credit card debt's back. And now we have the consolidation loan on top of it. So what I would do is leave it right there. If they have more than $4,000 in credit card debt, and you very easily can, especially if you get into that balance transfer trap, and that's really what it is, on top of the fact that you still have the cards open, you get hit with a 3% fee, and you're right. Eventually, they'll they'll stop that game once they see what you're doing. My preference, Renee, would be that they use a credit counseling program. This is often called debt management. You have to go through a not-for-profit credit counseling agency. We recommend Christian Credit Counselors uh, here at FaithFi. They've worked with hundreds and hundreds of our listeners. What will happen is those debts will stay right with the original creditor that they're with now. The accounts will be closed. The interest rates will be dropped to whatever that particular uh, credit card company's debt management rate is, which will be lower than the prevailing rate. And the combination of one level monthly payment through Christian credit counselors to each of her cards, plus the lower payments, will allow her to pay that off on average 80% faster. So if they were to go back and build that spending plan, create some margin, get that emergency fund of 1500 and then get all these cards enrolled in credit counseling, that will help to get her on track to get out of debt once and for all, hopefully establish the right disciplines that makes this all sustainable so we don't repeat this in the future. And by doing all of these things, her credit will just naturally repair itself. There's really not anything you can do to short circuit that process. Does that make sense? Uh, yes. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah, okay. thank you so much for that. So they do they really need to get the emergency fund before they go to the credit counseling process? They, they don't. My only concern is that if they don't start putting something aside, and hopefully, and, and Christian credit counselors will work with them on this because the first step they do is they'll help them create a budget. And they're going to create a budget that not only covers the monthly payment to the credit card companies, but has a little bit of margin. And even if it's 25 or $50 a month going into a savings account, they need something going into a savings account so they can break the cycle of charge against the credit cards when something comes out of left field, and it always does. So that's where that 1500 is not a magic number. I just want them to start to develop the discipline of putting something in savings, and I want them to start to build a little bit of a reserve fund that they can go to first so they don't ever have to charge on the credit cards again for a non-budgeted purchase. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes, that does. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very good. So the next step is to contact our friends at christiancreditcounselors.org. That's christiancreditcounselors.org. And uh, they will get them uh, set up, get the budget going, help them understand what those new interest rates are. And all of that working together will uh, get this going in the right direction. So hopefully that's helpful to you, Renee. We appreciate your call. And uh, you know what, by the way, stay on the line. I'd like to send you a book that'll be our gift to them. It's called Money and Marriage. God's Way. And I think for a new young married couple, if they'd be willing to read that together while they're doing these other things, that could really help to set them up for the future uh, so they don't ever have to get in this situation again. Thanks for your call today. 800-525-7000. We're headed to a break here. As we do, let me remind you, if you'd consider a gift to the ministry of any amount, and we mean that, beyond the giving to your local church, uh, a gift to Faith Fi would go a long way to helping us continue to offer uh, 
the ministry resources we make available every day to stewards literally around the globe. You can make a gift quickly and easily at faithfi.com. Just click give. That's faithfi.com. Just click give. And thanks in advance. Back with your questions just around the corner. Stick around. We'll be right back. My name is Kent, and I'm a member of Christian Healthcare Ministries. I have a friend who actually has great insurance, and she recently had a a life-threatening experience. And she was laying in the hospital bed afraid, not afraid for her life, but afraid of what her insurance would or would not cover. And as a CHM member, I can honestly say I just never have that fear. I can't tell you the, the peace of mind that provides. Learn more about Christian Healthcare Ministries' biblical cost sharing at chministries.org. We are grateful for support from Praxis Mutual Funds. Praxis Mutual Funds has seven impact strategies that are designed to create positive real-world change. More information is available at PraxisMutualFunds.com. The fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses are contained in the prospectus and summary prospectus. This and other information is available at PraxisMutualFunds.com. Investments involve risk. Principal loss is possible. Foresight Fund Services, LLC. Welcome back. This is Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. We're taking your calls today, 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. By the way, you don't have to call. Just send an email, askrob at faithfi.com. That's askrob at faith, the letters F-I dot com. Let's head back to the phones. Mike's in St. Joseph, Missouri. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, I I got an issue. I got money in my savings account. I want to move it over to a CD. They got a seven-month CD going for 4.55%. And I want to know if that'd be a wise deal. And I got also, I got a 403B that's be coming up when I retire. It's got to go into an IRA account. So I don't know what to do yeah. with that. I want to make that work for me, not against Sure. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, let's start with the uh, CD question. So you said this is in your savings account. Would you consider this yeah. your emergency savings, or is this separate from that? No, this is separate from it. It was okay. in when my, when my mom passed away, it was set my so I took over the, the account. I see. Okay. When she passed away. Very good. How much is in this savings account that you'd look to put in the CD? I, was, I got forty, and I was thinking about putting 20000 in Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think as long as the time horizon is right, um, you know, if this is money you don't need for the foreseeable future, this could be a great uh, amount of money to go ahead and invest. Uh, So you could take advantage of the fact that the stock market is down and put this to work similar to your 403B, except this would be in a taxable account so you wouldn't have uh, you know, the, the tax deferred growth, but you could still invest it. And even though the market may go down before it goes up, eventually it will recover and move to higher ground. And so you could, if you're willing to take a little bit of risk with it, you could get this money working for you again, as long as you have a 10 year time horizon or more. Um, if this is though money, you'd rather keep a little bit more safe and not take any risk with it, then absolutely taking advantage of these higher interest rates with a guarantee backed by the FDIC, as long as you use a FDIC insured bank, then that CD should be guaranteed. Uh, that's a great rate for seven months. You might as well take advantage of it. If you wanted to shop it around and compare 
compare it to a few other bank options, you could uh, do so at bankrate.com. You could search by the CD options, put in the the length of term you're looking for, and it'll show you the very best rates in the country uh, at online banks and credit unions and others, and you could compare that to what you're looking at. But um, the rate you're describing sounds good, so I think that's a good option if you're not uh, willing to take any risk with it. Uh, With regard to the 403B, how much have you accumulated in that account? 30,000. Uh, 30,000. Okay. Yeah. So what you'll want to do, uh, when you separate from service, um, is roll that out to an IRA and you'll probably, you've got a couple of options. You could use a robo advisor, which is basically an automated process. You would answer a series of questions and then the robo advisor, the algorithm would build a very low cost, uh, indexed portfolio. So what that means is uh, you would use exchange traded funds that mirror basically uh, by the broad market indexes. So you may own the Russell 1000 or the S&P 500 or the Dow 30, and then you'll have some bond indexes in there as well. It's a very low cost way just to capture the broad moves of the market and you don't have to worry about picking the investments. That would be one option. Another option would be to, to use our friends at soundmindinvesting.org. That's soundmindinvesting.org. Uh, they could make some r- mutual fund recommendations to you if you wanted to be a little more actively managed or you know you didn't want to use the index uh, passive approach. And you could take their mutual fund suggestions and buy those funds you know, in that IRA once you move it over. Uh, So that would be the way that I would go with that 403B once you separate from service. Uh, Both of those would be great option for you. Thanks for your call, Mike. We appreciate it. To Tampa, Florida. Harold, go ahead, sir. Yeah, hi. Um, Thank you for taking my call. Sure. My wife and I, um, we want to pay off our house and continue to save for retirement. And we have money in a money market account. Okay. Uh, so what is your so age, really, you and your wife? Uh, my wife is 52. I'm 55. Okay, very good. And you said you are saving for retirement, is that right? Yes. Okay, and how so? Do you all have retirement plans at work or some other vehicle? Well, I'm, um, I get VA disability and I'll take okay. my Social Security now. Okay. So I have that. Um, my wife does because she's a school teacher, so she has the FRS. Okay. Yeah. Florida retirement system. Sure. And then do you, do you believe Harold between what she will receive through the FRS plus your VA benefits and social security, that'll be enough to cover your expenses in retirement? Well, that's what, uh, I don't, I don't, I'm not really sure on that. That's why we wanted to know. Get paying off the house, and then we can totally start putting money, uh, more money into re- the retirement system. Yeah, okay. and or just for retiring. Yeah, got it. Yeah, I mean, I think you've got two options. Option one is you deploy that money that's currently sitting in money market while the market's down. You get that invested for you, uh, and maybe you try to, you know, if you're not fully maxing out her. Uh, retirement plan, you could do that, although she may not have that option through the Florida retirement system. Uh, so you could just invest it in a taxable account or an insurance product and keep the mortgage and just try to set a goal to have it paid off by the time you all reach retirement and fund it out of, you know, that the principal.
principal reduction out of current cash flow versus just taking the lump sum and paying it off. Option two is you say, no, we just have a conviction to be out of debt. We want to own our home. We've got this money in money market, so we're just going to wipe it out. As long as you're not taking all of your available excess and you still got your emergency fund, then I'd be okay with that. But then just recapture that monthly mortgage payment that you were sending and start socking that away for the next, you know, 10, 15 years while she's still working. I could go either direction. It really comes down to which you feel most comfortable with. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Okay. So I think either of those options would be good. I think you guys could probably also benefit from a financial advisor who could do some retirement planning with you, Harold, just to determine based on all the income sources you'll have in retirement and your lifestyle, uh, whether you have enough saved, you can find a certified kingdom advisor at faithfi.com. And that's going to do it for us today. And as we wrap up, let me just say thanks for being with us today. Thank you for your calls. Thank you for listening. And thanks for being a faithful supporter of this ministry. You know, beyond the broadcast, we have an entire team of contributors and coaches and web designers and media producers working each day to develop tools and content to help you become a better biblical money manager. And none of that work would be possible without your financial support. We offer a lot of it for free, and that's only because of the generous gifts from listeners like you. Before we go, I'd like to thank our incredible production team, Amy, Devin, Jim, Robert, Brandy, Rob, and Ben. Couldn't do it without them. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you again next time for another edition of Faith and Finance. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you.